Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it is such a blessing to be with you. The message for today is make it count. Today we're going to be talking about the way that we approach our life and how important each day is of how we approach our life. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word tells us if we ask for wisdom, you give us wisdom. Lord, I pray that your word today would change us. It would reveal things to us that would draw us closer to you, that would ultimately make us become closer and more like your son. We thank you so much. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We think about some days in our life being more important and some days being more mundane. We think about times of celebration, times of graduation, marriages, births of children. And we think about how important those days are. And then we think about other days are just a regular day. These might be days that not necessarily anything important happens in our life. But one thing that is important and one thing that we must understand as followers of Christ is that, and for everyone, that our days are limited. That every day must count. I want to read a scripture to you. This is Psalm 90, verses 12. And I'm going to read it from the NLT version and from the English Standard Version. There's a little bit of a difference, but I want, to, I want it to drive home what it's trying to talk about here in this verse. The New Living Translation says this. It says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. The English Standard Version says this. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You know, in this prayer, the psalmist is asking to be constantly reminded of the limitation of days that are there, that every moment counts. When we think about the aspect of living our life, that the aspect of, of being a Christian is living every day for Jesus Christ, that every second can have an impact to his kingdom, and that ultimately we will give an account for our life. And what we hear at the end of our life, well done, you good and faithful servant. In this prayer, the psalmist is asking to be reminded that wisdom would remind this person that while most of us want to, to not think about the end of our life, to try to put that away, the psalmist here is saying that through wisdom we should know that our days are limited and that by our actions and by what we do in our life, it will ultimately reflect Jesus to the world. We almost live our life as if we think it might not end. We always think about there being tomorrow. The Bible tells us that our life is but a mist. And for each one of us, we have to remember. And we have to come to terms with that kind of wisdom. And really, it's the purpose and the focus of our life that drives us. And as being a Christian, we know what we've been called to do. But not only on that, not only should we look at it as what needs to be done and what has to be done, 
But we have to look at each day as a day of power and a day of focus in our lives. God did not put us here just to struggle. Just to stand our ground with our shield of faith and take the onslaught of the enemy in our life. No, God gave us the sword of the Spirit. God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could advance against the kingdom of darkness, not on our own power, but by the power of Jesus Christ. So the message today is simple. The message today is a calling of wisdom. A wisdom of knowing our days, a wisdom of knowing what we are called to do, and a wisdom of power of knowing that we are equipped in every single way that the Lord has given us to advance His kingdom here on earth. He has entrusted us to do this. Now, many people may say, well, I don't know if I have enough wisdom. I don't know if I'm good enough to be able to do what maybe God has called me to do. Well, there's two things. Number one is God doesn't call you to do anything that you are not equipped to do. And the second thing is God tells us that if we ask for wisdom, we will be given wisdom. You know, King Solomon, when he took the throne, he was a very young man. And God asked him, God said, whatever you ask for, I'm going to give it to you. And while many people might have asked for fame, fortune, power over their enemies, Solomon's request was was really interesting. Being young and not having so many life experiences, we know by Scripture, Solomon says, Lord, give me wisdom to be able to lead your people. And wow, when you think about that, it almost makes me emotional. Because his heart was right. Solomon wanted wisdom to be able to lead God's people. He knew what was entrusted to him. The same way that each one of us have to come to a reality to know what is entrusted to you. You are a soldier of Christ. You are the prince or a princess of a king whose kingdom will never end. You've been equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit to move mountains. Don't forget Jesus said, if you believe by faith that that mountain will be picked up and thrown into the sea and you don't doubt in your heart, then it shall be done for you. These are the things, these are the promises that God has for us. And while we talk about Solomon, we talk about his wisdom, God said to him, he said, not only will I give you wisdom because you asked for it, but because you asked for wisdom and you didn't ask for money, I'm going to give you both. So God blessed Solomon with more resources, with more money than anyone ever had. And we know by reading scripture that Solomon's wisdom was incredible. By reading Proverbs, by reading the book of Ecclesiastes, by by reading Scripture of decisions that he made, we know that Solomon had great wisdom, that he asked for it, and that God gave it to him. So if you're somewhere now and you say, I need wisdom, I need wisdom to be able to lead my family, I need wisdom to be able to lead my, my business or my church or I just need wisdom to be able to step out in faith and do what Christ has called me to do. I want you to know and I want to encourage you that that is there. 
It is very easy to ask for. All we have to do is ask for it. It is a promise that is made. But I remind you, the days are limited. Our life is but a midst. It is here one second and, and gone the next. And at the end of all of that, we will give an account to God for what we did to advance the kingdom. We will stand before God. And for those of us who are Christ followers, for those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are promised eternal life. And we will be rewarded for the things that we did in service of Christ here on earth. And we must not forget that those that are unbelievers, those that never put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, those are condemned. Those people are condemned to hell. Anyone who has not repented and believed in Jesus Christ is doomed to hell. And those are the people that through our actions, through our faith, through helping people, by presenting the gospel to those people, we can help lead them to eternal life. Not by our own power, but by the power of God. I want you to remember one thing. That the power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. That there is no mountain too great. That there is no enemy too powerful. For any one of us. That Jesus Christ has already won the battle. That He is for you. That He loves you. And not that He just loves and dismisses you, but He is for you. He is with you in the midst of every battle and every sorrow and every problem that you have. And that is what life is all about. Life is all about serving Christ. Period. And we even see it with Solomon. Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you've ever read the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, in all of his wisdom, and all of his glory, his earthly glory and his money, Solomon tried everything in life to see what life was made about. He says that anything his heart desired, he was able to partake in. That he tried this and he tried that. And everything was like chasing after the wind. That in the end, it didn't matter. And this is what he says. In Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14. This is the last chapter and this is it. And he has gone on and on. That everything, he has tried everything and it is all chasing after wind. And he says this, he says, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands. For this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything that we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. And for 12 chapters, Solomon has gone on and on about earthly things. I've done this and it was nothing. I've done this and it was like chasing after the wind. And in the end, he says, my final conclusion is to fear God and obey His commands because that is all there is. 
So today, this message is to encourage you. Many of us need wisdom. Many of us need wisdom in our earthly life with things that are going on. And we can ask for that. But when we ask for that, we must believe that God will give. His word is a promise. And that is where we can put our stake in the ground. But along the way, in our mission, our mission in life, we know that God is for us. That God is with us. And that if God is for us, who can be against us? Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for everyone that is listening right now that asks for more wisdom, that they would receive it, that they would humble themselves before you and ask for wisdom, and that when they've asked for that wisdom, they would receive that wisdom. Lord, I pray that with each one of us that hear these words, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal to us you would, you would show us the magnitude of our life, the impact that our life can make, no matter where we think we're at, whether great or whether small. Because, Lord, you have used the smallest people to do the greatest things. Lord, I pray that you would instill in each one of us the ability to move mountains, that we would have that faith. I pray, Lord, that you would just... Fill us with wisdom to know that our days are limited and that we have to make every day count for Jesus. And that's what it's about. We thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as, I was, as I was talking, there are many of you that may, may have heard that part where I was talking about that there, there is eternal life that is promised to those who believe and put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned, those that do not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ are condemned. Because here's the thing, we are all guilty. We have all done wrong. And because we have done wrong, there is ultimately justice that has to be made. As a matter of fact, humanity cries out for justice. We see in our earthly Earthly challenges here in life, when, when people do something that's wrong, there is something that is deep inside of each one of us that calls out and that wants justice for that. But the challenge with it is, is that all of us have sinned. We are all condemned. And that is why God sent His only Son. That when Jesus came, He lived a perfect life that no one else could do. That he was crucified, died, and rose from the dead. So that he could forgive us. And we could be forgiven for our sins and made right with God. It's as if a debt was owed. And you stand before a judge and someone has paid that debt for you. If there is no one to pay the debt, the debt relies on you. And with our sins, each one of us, our debt relies on us. But if we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, He has already paid that debt for us. It's as if we were standing in front of a judge and we were condemned by something that we did and someone paid the debt for us. And the judge would say, you're free to go. 
And that is what Jesus did for us. So if you're out there today and you have never called upon the name of the Lord, Scripture is very clear. It tells us that if we repent and we believe in Jesus Christ, then we will be saved. He says, well, what does that mean? It means that the heaviness of our sin and knowing that our sin separates us from God and feeling a repentance to ask for forgiveness for our sins, if we do that and we believe that Jesus came to earth He lived a sinless life. He died and rose from the dead. If you believe those things, if in your heart you feel repentance, you can be saved. And there's no special or specific prayer that you can pray that the Bible lays out for us. It is truly in the heart. And if you feel that, you can have security in knowing that you can be saved. All you have to do is cry out to the Lord. So I want to lead you in a prayer. And if that is you today, I would just ask that you you type or you message us and say, yes, that is me. I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I want my sins to be forgiven. If that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. And then afterwards, I would encourage you, please send us a message. Please post in the comments that you have received Jesus today because your life will be forever changed. If that is you, please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I'm desperately in need of a Savior. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. You came to this earth and lived a sinless life. You died and rose from the dead as payment for my sins. I thank you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for allowing me to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If that is your first time to pray that prayer today, I would encourage you, get a Bible. Read your Bible daily. As I mentioned, message us and let us know so that we can celebrate with you. Get plugged into a local Bible-believing church and continue to listen to us. We hope to continue to encourage and inspire you in your walk with Christ. And as always, we thank you and we love you. God bless.